Thank you, Pastor, and good morning, Rosedale family. Thank you for being here this morning. As you might have figured out by now, today is what we're calling Serve Sunday. And we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4 this morning, if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. Now, before you get nervous and begin thinking about exiting because it's Serve Sunday, let me just tell you, it is not Guilt Trip Sunday, it is not Twist Your Arm Sunday, it is simply Serve Sunday. We only want everything that God wants for you in your Christian life. And this area of service is a way that we can really see God working within our lives. If you're there in your Bibles in 1 Peter chapter 4, let's begin by reading in verse 8. We'll read a few verses and then we'll talk about these verses over the next few minutes. Verse 8 says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity or love shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's ask God to bless our time together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the opportunity that we have to be here this morning. Lord, we are grateful that we have the completed Word of God that can teach us, that can admonish us, that can help us to become more Christ-like today. Lord, I pray that as we look at this important area of the church, the, the area of service, that you would allow us to learn exactly what you would have for us today. Lord, I pray that we would be challenged, that we would be inspired to be more Christ-like as we leave here this morning. Lord, we are grateful for the opportunities that we have to serve our community, to serve each other in the body of Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged to do exactly that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As Pastor said, we're in the middle of what turned out to be a mini-series, a three-part series that Pastor will conclude next Sunday morning on the church. We started last week with I Love My Church Sunday. And Pastor talked about the meaning of the church. It is the pillar and ground of the truth. He also talked about the master of the church. It is the church of the living God. Ephesians tells us that Christ is the head of the church. And it's God's church, and he's doing a great job with it. We also learned about the message of the church. 2 Corinthians says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. The message of the church is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to, to look at the ministry of the church. On your way in this morning, you received two different items. You received a bulletin with an outline. Uh, on the bottom of that outline, there's a very important question that I'd like for you to ponder as we talk this morning. How has God gifted me? How has God gifted you? As you think about that question, there's also a handout that is a serve opportunity list. I would encourage you right now, look through that serve opportunity list. And maybe in your mind, think through what are some areas on this serve opportunity list that I currently serve in? Or maybe I once served in. Or maybe I'm not currently serving, but I would be interested 
in serving in this particular area. And as we talk about what God says about serving within the body of Christ, I would encourage you to keep those two things in mind. How has God gifted me, and what are some areas that I can use those giftings within the body of Christ? Now, a common misconception in a church our size is the fact that many believe that the church doesn't need me to serve. I can come in on a Sunday morning and, and go out on a Sunday morning and never serve the body of Christ. And that is a misconception. You are needed in service for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a place for you. There are many opportunities to serve within the church. But I can, can I take it one step farther? God desires that you serve. Can I prove that to you this morning? In Ephesians chapter 2, you don't need to turn there. Let me share a few verses with you. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 1, the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Each one of us was spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. We didn't have anything to offer to God. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We quite literally uh, were dead. Uh, we lived for the world, the devil, and the flesh. And the Bible goes on to say in Ephesians, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past of the lust of the flesh, fulfilling our own desires, the world, the devil, and the flesh. That's what we were living to, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We lived for the world, the flesh, and the devil. But don't you love in Scripture when things seem the most desperate, when things seem like they can't get any worse, the Bible oftentimes uses two words to encourage us, but God, but God. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God. We had nothing to offer God, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, he loved you when you were unlovable. He loved me when I had nothing to offer him. Because of his great love, even when we were dead in our sins, he hath quickened us. He hath made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And all of God's people should say amen to that. By grace are we saved. And hath raised us up together, made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he's going to continue to show his exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And then a verse we know very well, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We had nothing to offer God. There's nothing that I could have done that's good enough to earn my salvation. But because of God's goodness to me, because of his, his willingness to love me even when I was unlovable, His willingness to die on a cross for my sins, because of God's grace towards me, because of faith, I can accept that free gift of salvation and have everlasting life. And praise God for that opportunity. Now, for most of us, we've already taken care of that. We've already accepted that free gift of salvation. But if you're in here this morning, you say, Pastor Steve, I've yet to do that. Hey, that's your next step. 
is accepting the free gift of salvation. Life does not begin spiritually until you accept that free gift of salvation. We would like nothing more than to spend some time after the service with our prayer teams talking to you about what that means and how you can go about starting that relationship with Christ. But for the rest of us that, have, that are quickened, that are alive in Christ, this verse goes on to tell us, for we Christians are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, catch this, unto good works. Now there's a contrast here. We can't work ourselves into heaven, but once Christ hath quickened us, once He has made us alive, now we're created unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's what we were created to do. That's why we were given new life, is so that we can serve the body of Christ. I'm a big basketball fan from the earliest age in my life that I began, began playing with a basketball. I enjoyed playing basketball. And, and I love the game of basketball. I love the intricacies of basketball. I love the different plays, the different schematics, all of the different parts of basketball. I enjoy the game of basketball. Over the past couple of months, I've been privileged to coach a 12 and 13 year old boys rec league basketball team. And my son plays on that team and some of his friends and we've enjoyed playing in that rec league basketball. And these 12 and 13 year old boys have really grown up here at Rosedale. They've played in leagues before together. They, they know each other's game really well. They play extremely well together and we do a lot of winning as a result. And these boys were all, Pastor Rick kind of lined up this league for these boys and he asked them, hey, would you be interested in playing in this league? And all of these boys accepted that invitation. And when they accepted that invitation, they became team members. They became team members on this rec league basketball team. They were given a uniform. They, were, they were, began to play on this team. But I noticed something as I began coaching these boys, that each one of them has a distinct role on the team. Some of the boys, there's a couple of boys that are really good ball handlers and they can pass the ball well and they're pretty quick. There's a couple of other boys that are big guys that can rebound really well, that can bang with the other big guys down low and they can get the ball and turn around and make easy baskets. They have a different role than the guys that can handle the basketball really well. Then I've got a couple of guys that are really speed guys. They can disrupt an offense and they can play really well and they, they run around and they can get, get a fast break very easily. They, have, they all have distinct roles within the team. They're all team members, but they have distinct roles within the team. But each one of them collectively has one unified goal. That unified goal each week is to win a basketball game. That unified goal for us is not for an individual to score a lot of points. It's to win a basketball game and ultimately, hopefully in a few weeks, to win the championship of our rec league. That one unified goal. But I started noticing something, typically because we tried to keep the team a little bit smaller so they get a lot of playing time. Most of the time I've got six guys that are at each game. Now, if you know anything about basketball, there's five on the court at one time. So I have one sub uh, during the game. 
And, and so we try to equally space out the playing time so that all six boys play an equal amount in every game. But what I notice is typically I'll have a boy out for three or four minutes before I put him back in, then the next boy's out for three or four minutes before I put him in. And each time when I bring one of these guys out and he's on the bench, normally about 30 seconds goes by before I hear that voice that's sitting over on the bench. Coach, can I go in? Coach, can I go in? It's time for me to go in. And I usually look at him and you've been sitting there for 30 seconds. I don't think it's time for you to go in that. Give me a few minutes before I put you back in the game. But I love their passion for the game of basketball. I love their zeal to be able to get back in the game. They want to be a part of the action. They want to be a part of reaching that goal of winning that basketball game. You know, in the body of Christ... We that are Christians have accepted that call. That we've accepted the, the, the calling of Jesus on our life to be a part of the team, the body of Christ. We've accepted the free gift of salvation and, and, and praise God that He did all of the work. But we now are team members. We now are part of the body of Christ. But what an amazing thing to think about that we all have distinct roles within the body of Christ. Praise God for the distinction between each individual that serves the body of Christ. But we all have one unified goal. That unified goal for Rosedale Baptist Church is reaching the next one. That unified goal is getting the gospel out to as many people as we can possibly get it out to. That unified goal is bringing glory to Jesus Christ in everything that we say, everything that we do. We have one unified goal. We have distinct roles, but we have a unified goal. But what I've noticed is there's a lot of people that are content to sit on the bench. There's a lot of people that don't want to get into the game, that they don't want to serve, that they don't want to be a part of what's going on. They're content to just sit on the bench. It's not about, hey, coach, get me back in the game. It's, I'm content to sit back and just relax and watch everyone else serve within the body of Christ. Statistics tell us that about 45% of Christians within the church serve the body of Christ. 45%. What ends up happening is either we can't go as fast as God wants us to do with 45% working, serving, or the 45% that are serving are involved in way more than what they should be involved with because they have to pick up the gap for other people. Can I encourage you this morning as we talk about this area of service, hey, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Let's get about serving the body of Christ. You say, why do we serve? Well, we've got three points this morning. The first one is we serve to show love. We serve to show love. You're in 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 8 says, and above all things, have fervent charity or love among yourselves. For love shall cover the multitude of sins. 1 Corinthians 12 is one of the passages that talks a lot about the body of Christ. It it talks about the giftings that we've been given as Christians and the body of Christ and how we're fitly joined together. And it's interesting to to think about the the dynamics of 1 Corinthians 12 leading into 1 Corinthians 13. It's a connected thought. 
uh, 1 Corinthians 12, right at the end of the passage, it says, hey, covet earnestly the best gift. It's still talking about the gifts. And then we, we turn the page into chapter 13. In verse 1, it says, though I speak with the tongues of men, talking about giftings again, and of angels, and have not charity or love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity or love, I am nothing. You may have giftings, but we ought to be serving because of love, to show love. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, it's a good thing. And though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Now, if you miss this this morning, you will miss the entire New Testament. When asked, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We are to love God and to love people. The church should be the center of love. The reason that we serve is to show love, to show love to God and to show love to other people. At the center of everything that Jesus did, he, there was love. Jesus healed the sick in love. Jesus fed the hungry multiple times because of love. Jesus gave his life for the entire world because of love. Jesus is love personified. And the church is to love above all else. We serve because we love God. We serve because we love others. Galatians chapter 5 tells us, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Yesterday, we had a lot going on here uh, on our property. We had a men's revival. A group of men got together, had a great time of fellowship. But I noticed at the time that we were preparing for some of these, I noticed a whole group of volunteers setting up in the front parking lot our food pantry. To be honest with you, I didn't even know our food pantry was serving yesterday until all of a sudden a lot of them were in the front parking lot serving our community. Now, in here, a lot of times we hear these big numbers of uh, meals that have been given out, over 100,000 meals, and praise God for that. Uh, but you know, it's an opportunity for many of you uh, to show love to God and show love to our community by serving within the food pantry. Thank you uh, for serving God. Thank you for serving others. Our homeless ministry, our street survival bags, and our PB&J ministries are, are there because we want to show love to our community. Helping hands is an area that serves a lot of our community. Cancer patients, they make prayer shawls that I'm able to take to hospital visits that provide a great encouragement to those that are in a time of need. The reason that many of you serve in helping hands is to show love. Baltimore Youth Coalition meets every Friday night. It's a youth mentorship program serving the underserved within our community. And praise God, we have mentors and other volunteers that are willing to serve faithfully every single Friday night to show love. 
Uh, Recover Baltimore, uh, meeting the needs of those that are addicted within our community. And many of you serve in Recover Baltimore. Why do you serve? It's because you love God and you love others. And it's a way that we can serve uh, to show love. Uh, There's a definitive need within uh, Recover Baltimore right now uh, that is a way that many of some of you can show love uh, to those around you. Uh, In our nursery on Friday nights, uh, there's a nursery need that that each week we provide a nursery just for those that are serving within uh, Recover Baltimore. And, And there's a desperate need to have somebody volunteer, multiple people volunteer once a month for a Friday night serving our community, serving those people so that the other volunteers can faithfully serve those that are in great need as they come in to show love. Number one, we serve to show love. Number two, write it down, we serve to exercise stewardship. We serve to exercise stewardship. Verse 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, Even so, minister the same one to another without grudging, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let me make this statement this morning. Every Christian is called into the ministry. Every Christian is called into the ministry. Now, many of you have thought uh, there, there are certain people, they're called pastors that are called into the ministry. But the Bible teaches us that each person that is a Christian is called into the ministry. Let's look at this. Uh, verse 10, as every man specifically talking about Christians here. So as every Christian hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. What gift are we talking about? Uh, well, we're talking about the gift of divine grace. We're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man or every Christian to profit with all. The reason that the Holy Spirit is given to us is to profit with all. In, In verse 13 of that passage, it says, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. We all have different giftings, different diversities of gifts uh, that the Holy Spirit has given to each one of us. We can learn about those gifts in a number of different passages. There's some that are listed here in 1 Peter 4. There are others that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. uh, Others that are listed in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. I would encourage you uh, after this to take some time to go through those passages and learn more about the gifts of the Spirit. Let me talk through just a few of those gifts that are listed in these myriad of passages. Some of you have the gift of leadership, leading and directing members of the body to accomplish goals and purposes of the church. Now, as we're talking through some of these gifts, remember, how has God gifted me? How has God gifted me? If something resonates with you, hey, jot it down. Jot it down next to that question. Some of you have that gift of leadership. You're able to direct people together for a common goal and purpose within the church. Some of you have the gift of administration. Administration enables the body of Christ to organize according to God-given purposes and long-term goals. So leadership helps, helps inspire people working together. Administration is the backbone of that. 
It's taking all of those things that need to happen and organizing them in a systematic fashion so that we can accomplish the goals, the mission that God has called us to accomplish. Now, if you look at the, the, the handout that you received this morning, many of these things need leadership. Many of these things need administration. There's many areas in which you can use these gifts of the Spirit. Some of you have the gift of teaching, instructing members in the truths and doctrines of God's Word. Some of you should be teaching within our children's ministry, being able to instruct and teach those children the truths and doctrines. You have a way of taking a truth in God's Word and making it applicable to their life. That is the gift of teaching. Others of you may say, I'm not gifted in the gift of teaching, but I'm willing to help. Hey, there's a gift for that. It's called the gift of helps and services. Maybe you can be crowd control and help facilitate those children as they meet in our, our kids each Sunday and Wednesday night. Some of you have the gift of hospitality, the ability to make visitors and guests and strangers feel at ease. Uh, some of you are serving in our connections teams and, and you make people as they come in for the very first time just feel like they are at home some of you have the gift of giving now this is isn't to be mistaken there's some things that we do as christians and there's other things that are supernatural gifts uh, we are to be providing hospitality within our church each christian is called to that it even talks about that in our pass in our passage using hospitality uh, we are to be giving people uh, but some of you have the extra gift of giving that you can see a need and be willing to give that need beyond a normal tithe because you have the gift of giving some of you have the gift of faith trusting God to work beyond the human capabilities of the people I love how pastor puts out a bold vision because he has the gift of faith he knows that God wants to accomplish way more than what we even can see. And so that bold vision as we move forward as Rosedale Baptist Church has an underlying faith component that's a supernatural gift. Some of you have the gift of wisdom, discerning the works of the Holy Spirit in the body and applying His teachings and actions to the needs of the body. Uh, some of you, and you, maybe you've seen this, have a gift of evangelism. Now as Christians, we're supposed to be getting the gospel out. Uh, but this gift of evangelism is given to certain individuals uh, that is a supernatural ability uh, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ enthusiastically. Uh, there are other gifts that are given, the gift of exhortation, the gift of shepherding. Uh, we think of the shepherd as being the pastor. That gift of shepherding is far beyond just pastoring. It's people who look out for the spiritual welfare of others, maybe in a discipleship or a counseling ministry. The gift of mercy, having empathy with hurting members. There are many gifts that are given to affect the body of Christ. Every Christian has received a gift, and every Christian is called to use that gift. Verse 10, even so minister the same one to another. Last week we were in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, later in that passage, in verse 14, it says, Neglect not that gift that is in thee. Romans 12, another passage that talks about our giftings, begins with, I beseech you therefore, brethren, Christians, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It goes on in verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, 
the same giftings, the same areas of ministry, the same responsibilities, the same roles. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Every Christian is called into the ministry. You know, I, I would take some time right now and just write down, how has God gifted me? How has God gifted me? The gifts that you have been given are not primarily for you to make a living. They are to serve the body of Christ. You may say, Pastor Steve, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Can I encourage you the best way to learn what your spiritual gift is, to discover your spiritual gift, is to begin serving. Most people discover their spiritual gifts as they serve other people. We serve to show love. We serve to exercise stewardship. And lastly this morning, we serve to glorify God. We serve to glorify God. Verse 11 says, if any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We are to serve the body of Christ to bring glory to Him. We have a unified goal to bring glory to Him. We have diversities in our gifts to bring glory to Him. We come together on a Sunday morning to bring glory to, get to Him. We serve our community to bring glory to Him. We serve our children's ministry to bring glory to Him. We serve on a connections team to bring glory to Him. We serve in Thrive Teen Ministry to bring glory to Him. We serve in every capacity that God has called you to serve in for the maiden purpose of bringing glory to God Himself. God has redeemed us. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, but God, He loved us so much, and now we're made, we're created in His glory unto good works. We serve to glorify Him. It was almost 11 years ago that my family drove onto the campus of Rosedale Baptist Church for our first service. I remember driving into that, that main driveway and we were quickly greeted by some individuals that were directing traffic. We were just about by the chapel and somebody kind of flagged us down because we must have looked unfamiliar or they saw our Pennsylvania tag. And, and so they had me roll down the window and they, they asked if it was our first time here. And it was our first time visiting Rosedale Baptist Church. And they said, well, you don't need to go any farther. We've got a spot right here for you. And they removed a cone that was blocking a spot right up by the chapel. And they removed that cone, let us move in, pull into that parking spot. As soon as we got our children, got out of the car, and began looking around to where we were going to go, they greeted us there at the car. And one of the parking lot attendants that was serving us that day, serving the body of Christ, decided, hey, uh, this family is much more important than what I'm doing here in the parking lot. And so they decided to walk us down the hill into the lobby that's right over here. And as they walked us into the lobby, we were greeted by some friendly connections workers, those that were volunteering that day. 
that quickly took us and took our family and started greeting us and finding out a little bit more about our family and, and our plans for the day. Are you going to be in life groups? Are you, do you want your children in the children's ministries? And they, they walked us into the nursery because I had a three-year-old son at the time. And as we walked into the nursery, we were greeted by some friendly nursery workers that were willing to take my three-year-old child when we were willing to give them our three-year-old child. And we, we, we passed off our three-year-old child and we came in to the worship service for the first time. As we walked into the worship center here, we were greeted by friendly people that were a part of Rosedale Baptist Church that made us feel welcome, that made us feel wanted, that made us feel at home. And then we sat down and we began to listen to the worship service. And we saw that God was evidently working here. We saw that this is a church like we've been looking for in our area, but we've not been able to find. We saw that God's hand was definitely on this place as those that were leading worship ushered us into the very presence of God. Then we sat down and the choir began to sing. The choir, oh the choir. They began to sing. What a highlight of that first visit of our experience here at Rosedale Baptist Church as the choir began to sing. And they not only sang, but as we looked at the choir members, they obviously had the joy of the Lord as they were serving the body of Jesus Christ. They had the joy of the Lord as they were serving. And that spoke volumes to us. We were a hurting family and we needed to see the joy of the Lord on some faces. And they were singing with joy. They were bringing us into a joyful uh, place and we were so thankful uh, for uh, them uh, we uh, quickly found out uh, that there were uh, kids ministries and teen ministries for uh, for our children that were thriving within the ministry of rosedale baptist church uh, more people were serving and leading life groups in between services which would ultimately uh, help us to feel connected and, and love Loved, And then we looked over to this, this side of the auditorium and I noticed that there were some people serving right over here at, the, at that service and they were serving to the deaf community. They were signing to help the deaf feel included in what was happening here at Rosedale Baptist Church. And then at the end of the service, we were encouraged to stop by a guest services in one of the lobbies. And we were given a gift. We were greeted. We were made to feel welcomed by one of the happiest ladies, to be honest with you, that I've ever met in my life as we went to guest services. And then we were quickly on our, back in the car and on our way back to Pennsylvania. And we began talking as a family about this experience that we had at Rosedale Baptist Church, which was unlike experiences that we had had at other places. And we were so thankful, not just for the preaching of the Word of God, yes, we were thankful for that, but we were thankful for the experience that we had with those that were serving the body of Christ. Why did each one of those individuals serve my family? Because each of them desired to show love to God and show love to others. They were exercising stewardship with the gifts that they had been given. Most of all, they wanted to bring glory to God by serving Him. What did that do for my family? It changed us. It brought hope into our lives. 
It gave us joy. It gave us the desire that would ultimately move our family an hour and a half south to this area to be a part of Rosedale Baptist Church. Ultimately, set us on a course that would change my, my, my direction to be in full-time church ministry. And we praise God for that opportunity that we had of walking into these doors for the very first time. But it's because you were willing to serve our family. You know, Jesus is the best example of serving. John 13 tells us a story about Jesus recognizing that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. But in that hour, it was not about having a farewell party. It was about loving and serving. It says, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He took a towel and a basin of water and began to wash the disciples' feet. This wasn't a job for the king of the world. This wasn't a job for the Savior. This was a job for a household servant. But he goes on, so after he had washed their feet and had taken their garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, if you know that you're supposed to serve others, if you know that, that we serve others to show love, if you know that you serve others to exercise stewardship, if you know that you serve others to glorify God, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. This morning, can I encourage you? What, what is the area that God has gifted you to serve the body of Christ? Are you busy about serving the body of Christ? In just a minute, we're going to hear about ways that we can actively participate in serving the body of Christ. Can I encourage you to make that a matter of prayer? God, how do you want me to serve the body of Christ?